Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Crypto Hipsters Podcast, where I interview founders and co-founders, entrepreneurs and artists, executives and stay-at-home hipsters in crypto and blockchain around the world. And I have an amazing podcast for you today. Let's get to it. And today I have um, I have an absolutely amazing guest. Um, he is the deputy minister in the Ministry of Digital Transformation in Ukraine. His name is Alex Borniakov. Alex, welcome today. Hi, all, and pleased to be here. Happy to have you here. Thank you for joining me. Um, I'm going to kick things off. First question is this. What is your background and is it a logical background to what you have been doing up until now and then what you're doing right now as well? Well, um, yeah, it, it's kind of um, my, it's sort of my profession because I, I started as a long time ago as a software engineer, as a, a system administrator. And uh, then uh, my background moved to like management position in IT company. Then I founded uh, my own software outsourcing company and then a couple others. So um, after that, uh, we started with uh, my partners, a uh, small venture fund and started to invest in startups, um, doing m and deals. And eventually, I got a proposal from uh, from from the government of Ukraine when the, in 2019 ministry just started to work. So it's a brand new ministry, and uh, I, I got a proposal to join to uh, re, to, to make reforms in in IT of, in Ukraine to kind of bring IT in Ukraine to a new level. So there was a few challenging tasks that was interesting to me. So I accepted them because I have enough expertise and, and knowledge. So my background is tightly connected to what I'm doing right now. Excellent. So um, you, your, your department or your, your country, you had envisioned um, a state in a smartphone, right? Plans have changed obviously from the original vision, but is it, how is it being accomplished anyway, just differently than expected? You mean now or just to, after the war started or for, for the whole period of time? Yeah, well, you had you had a different vision before the war started. And now you have a different vision, but um, it's still being accomplished, I think. Right. So how's it um, being accomplished? Yeah. So what? listen, it's it's really different from uh, from the time before the war. So, yeah, we really had our vision to, to turn Ukraine into digital state and move all the government services online and we're doing pretty well we were doing pretty well uh right now priorities are different but still we use all the digital infrastructure that was created for those two years and and before of course ukraine also was doing some towards uh, digital transformation um so right now there are a number of initiatives that based on existing um ecosystem still being developed like um now we like before the war there was a digital COVID certificates and there was a program 
to uh, um, help people and entrepreneurs with money fully like available fully from a mobile application you were able to request government help with one click so uh, once the war hit us we came up with the initiative to uh, give people money from the war zone also through one click in smartphone so basically we use this uh, uh, dia which is our flagship product it's it's like application for government services so we use this as a basis and we just extend uh, and, and add new functionalities that reflects uh, new challenges new uh, reality that we faced with so you've been able to be really adaptive and adjusted on the fly. So, for instance, we've added to to this government app. We added the news about um, airstrikes, about uh, because now now a lot of cities being shelled by uh, rockets and bombing, and so people have to know when to hide. And uh, we quickly adopting to this also the people who are uh, in need of official news because there are so many uh, things that was going from uh, different sources so people get confused and we uh, created a special uh, section in the, in this app in the uh, so you be able to read just official news and, and, and know what's going on in, in, from from the trusted source got it thank you um, so how are you, how are you using their technology expertise to really to rally Silicon Valley support and fight back against your enemy? Yeah, that's one of their new priorities that we haven't done before. So we call this digital diplomacy and, uh, we appeal to most like famous companies in in the world especially to tech giants and from around the world and saying them and asking them to leave russia to to cancel their operations with russians and uh, companies that are companies from from various fields from cybersecurity to game development communications design um, and uh, many many more so we call on those companies to reconsider their decision and completely stop operations in Russia. And we think that responsible businesses, government and consumers, consumers around the world should block companies in their products because we believe that uh, aggressor, that aggressor country that must feel all the consequences of the, of this, of these war crimes. Got it. So speaking of those big companies, of big tech companies, we have an announcement that I understand um, regarding PayPal. Could you uh, please elaborate on that? Yeah, so uh, after a couple of days when the war started, so we appealed to your, uh, the PayPal to stop operations in Russia. And that went well. So they immediately seized all their uh, operations, blocked Russian accounts and uh, stopped uh, to provide service to them. But um, like the next day, we also asked them to enable uh, service for Ukrainian citizens because before the war, 
uh, we were able, as Ukrainians, we were able only to uh, receive money, not to send money. So a PayPal was working in Ukraine, but not uh, with full functionality. So some features were limited for Ukrainians. So we uh, asked them because we um, experienced a huge flow of refugees going out of the country, like millions of people were leaving their homes and um, to Poland, to other European countries, maybe to uh, Ireland and, and Great Britain uh, too. So um, for those people, of course, it was crucial to have financial support and uh, Ukrainian, bank, Ukrainian banks and their accounts were also like limited and, 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 and some of those people didn't have any money. So it's, it was important to give them um, uh, financial tool to uh, get money quickly. So we so much appreciated for PayPal decision to enable this functionality for all the Ukrainian citizens. And also they waived all their fees. So PayPal for Ukrainians right now is almost completely free so you can just uh, transfer money in and of course you get international aid and humanitarian aid using those channels so this is really important for us and 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 this is how digital diplomacy worked got it okay so there have been some criticisms too um so i know um your use of technology and digital transformation is unifying your supporters. There's been some some criticism too that it's being it's it's divisive as well. So I wanted to find out how you're rallying your supporters and what the, some of the criticisms are as well. Well, there there are always people that uh, disagree and people that agree. This is what we call the democracy, <laughs> and people have to have the right to have their own opinion and sometimes they have their arguments sometimes they just feel that that way so we value every opinion and uh, um, I think we're trying to have like balanced approach um, some for some uh, it, it it looks like we completely won Russian from uh, uh, from the world but it's not like that we also know that there are a lot of people that uh, support um, Ukrainians and and and, and don't support their government, uh, but they live in a sort of a bubble. And, and, and according to the last, latest polls, which I saw today, there are 71% of Russians support the war. So this is absolutely mm, stunning for me because, uh, I mean, not stunning, but I'm, I'm stunned. Because, uh, it, it's, it's so many people that so much support that people could just uh, they thinking that war is good and can you imagine how like in 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 your country in, in any european country that will be so much supportive uh, of the war and especially when it's it comes about your neighbor because a lot of russian and ukrainians have relatives and and then we uh, during soviet union times we were living as um, as as one as one country so that's something that we need to fight, and 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 if there and there are no way to get through their propaganda machine because all the uh, mass media are controlled by, by by the government. So we had to somehow show them that their what the government doing is is not acceptable in 21st century, and and and, and there is no excuse for that uh, for those actions. So. Um, we we started like different media activities and 
and this is very important to uh, to realize that most of their blocks that they uh, putting on social networks and other medias that they've been done not because we uh, initiated this but because their authorities put ban on uh, on those services maybe from from side it looks like because we are pushing uh, some companies just uh, stopped this but uh, no like youtube didn't uh, closed its operation twitter not didn't do this too uh, and and google but they, they just and facebook and instagram but they blocking those sources because they're free they're, they're voice of free people and they so much afraid of it so um we never had intentions to completely block any social medias and we still think that people deserve to know the truth so um but but they are but this is their decision so 71 percent is a high number right um very high so if that propaganda machine were able to be able to be shut down or sliced through for some reason because you know ukrainian and russian people are you know brothers and sisters really you know um what number what number do you think that could be chopped chopped down to to get through that propaganda and how do we how do we do it because we have a similar thing here in the u.s uh, well, um, from my understanding, that most of their uh, most of their people of Russian people watching TV, um, it's not um, it's not true uh, for many European countries, even for Ukraine. Um, in in Ukraine, the percentage of people who watching just television is very low, and 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 in in, in, in Europe. Uh, listen, you not, don't look much TV. I uh, in in America too. The, the people uh, consume um, information from different sources. They may, may watch TV, but they also very uh, familiar with their social media, with internet. But in Russia, uh, only like big cities like Moscow, like Saint Petersburg, they have uh, uh, access to uh, uh, social networks and and, and internet. Many cities they're just they just watching TV. So um, and in fact they all controlled by state by by their state. And uh, it's it's really hard to break through. But we know about such some like one example that in in during the live uh, show of uh, news evening news, uh, their editor of the channel just went with the uh, um, <clears throat> with their. Um, with a sign that stopped the war, and uh, this was uh, this is just one example. But uh, but there there's a uh, there's complete ban on any other opinion rather than government opinion. So um, from from what I estimate, there's there maybe 20 30 percent of the population that could be reached and could eventually change their mind. But it's also not so easy because uh, it, it they they need time to get all the facts to think about them. And it takes months, it could take weeks, months, we don't know. But we think that we can, uh, going through this wall, hitting this wall, we can kind of reconvince 20, 30%, not more. Got it. Um, so, yeah. So how are you finding Twitter then and other social medias? 
to be an efficient military intelligence and diplomacy tool? Well, you, you know, the funny fact, um, uh, maybe just, just for, uh, for information, in Ukraine, Twitter is not popular. Um, in Ukraine, Facebook, uh, Instagram is really popular, and uh, we have a lot of, uh, in TikTok, and people just really using. But Twitter and Snapchat, um, those networks are um, not commonly used. But uh, it turns out it's been used uh, widely in, 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 uh, in, in the States and in some European countries. So once we started to communicate through Twitter, and especially uh, my boss, Mikhail Fedorov, he, uh, he started this digital diplomacy actions and, and appealing to and, and tagging people from like decision-making people from companies, from government. And it turns out that when you do that, um, their own um, people start to ask, like, why do not we act? And and turns out this could become a really efficient tool for reaching out to uh, high polit politicians, to uh, top management of those countries. And if you appeal in the right way um, and uh, create the buzz around this or around the issue, then they respond. And it, this was a really good news for us. So uh, um, Mikhail Fedor of Twitter went from uh, two or 3,000 subscribers to almost 300,000. So it's just like, like there was rapidly growing uh, number of uh, followers. Great. So let so me ask you, this, so that's, that's that, that, um, answers part of the question that I had next is how have you convinced social media platforms and international companies to block Russia or completely change their information policy? Well, you know, um, I might be wrong, but uh, my understanding is, is that we were working with them for many years and uh, like all of them have offices in Ukraine we were meeting Tim Cook. Tim Cook met our president last year. Um, then top management of Apple like went to Kiev to Ukraine to see what what's really like how how Ukraine really looked like. They they enjoyed this. Like Google um, met uh, representatives that they, they they know about Ukraine. We were instantly working with them, developing relationships. And when this happened. I think that it's it's just their like civil position. I, I, maybe I'm using wrong words, but this is something that they just feel to do right, do, do, do the right thing. And if you see from like if you see the situation when a bully uh, hit like innocent kid, and if you're if you're a good man. You probably stand for this good for, for this kid, right? And stop the bully. So I think it's not the matter of money anymore. And also, I think it's a matter of, of the whole world security because um, we all know what happened during World War II and how it started. And we all learned this in school, especially like I was I was born in Soviet Union, and I I I I 
was I was taught that uh, Nazis and fascism is, is 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 very bad, and 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 of course we were digging into how this all started, and I think for a lot of people it it looks like that what Putin doing right now it's very similar to what Hitler was doing back 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 in the days. So I think that's uh, some for some people it's it's really important to. Um, to be on the side of the good and and stop this uh, in, while it's not spread throughout Europe and and maybe more. So I think that's the part of what they why they decided to support Ukraine. It's interesting that you said that because we know the World War II started with you know Hitler and how he treated uh, the Jewish population. You know, but no one really like gets told in the U.S. schools like what caused that, like why he did that, you know, and why, and then no one's saying why, you know, Putin is doing what he's doing. They say he's doing his acts, he's bombing, but they don't say what the cause of the discord was. So what do you said? He said just to uh, clarify this part before, like two days prior to the invasion. He went with their public announcement on the TV that Ukraine is not a country and Ukrainians doesn't exist as a nation. And uh, it's an artificial nation created by Lenin. Or So he went with absolute nonsense about how so the, so the Ukraine doesn't have to exist from his point of view. So it's very similar to what Hitler was doing for uh, in terms of like some territories in uh, in some nations, so uh, I see the historical parallels here. Got it. Okay, thank you. Um, so looking at those parallels, right? Um, and you you mentioned some companies are really getting involved, and recently, a lot of the crypto exchanges have really ramped up their participation and their involvement in providing funding. Uh, to Ukraine, and I want to see, are those proceeds being used appropriately as intended, um, and how are they making a difference? You mean how it changes, or uh, in terms of like helping Ukraine, or uh... in terms of helping Ukraine, like the, like FTX recently did doing, you know, accepted donations. You have NFT sales by your artists in Ukraine. How is all that collectively? You know, helping Ukraine and it's being used to for 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 Ukrainians to fight uh, the war. Yeah, sure, sure. So, uh, almost right after the war started, we uh, we were thinking about how we can uh, get supplies and money for urgent purchases, and so Mikhail Fedorov asked me to uh, set up this fund, which we call Crypto Fund of Ukraine. And start collecting money because um, the National Bank of Ukraine severely limited ability of uh, like foreign transfers in foreign currencies, especially. And, and crypto was a response to that because like uh, also about it's about flexibility. And um, and we started to work with exchange named Kuna. It's a Ukrainian exchange. So they set up an infrastructure for us because uh, you, you know we, we uh, I I know um, how crypto works and I was working on like for two years almost two years I was working on legislation of uh, crypto in Ukraine 
but uh, uh, the operations, of course, in this in this such difficult times was so hard to establish. So we decided to work with Kuna, and uh, they helped a lot with building this uh, security uh, exchange and, uh, processes. Um, in the same time, um, a few exchanges just said, okay, we're gathering money for charity, for donations, uh, using their algorithm. Some, some of them uh, um, uh, just provided immediate help, uh, uh, donated money. Some of them started to do uh, integrations like FTX. That's, that's really something that uh, I saw the, for the first time in my life. Like, like National Bank of Ukraine partnered with FTX in order to convert crypto and send to official accounts. So this is what we actually is trying to achieve for the last couple of years to how somehow connect government and a crypto and increase this crypto adoption. Uh, so I think once the war is over, it'll be a great example of how crypto can be helpful in such difficult times. And I'm really... Um, I really hope that uh, uh, some countries will take this experience. Not, not, I mean, not just in the such, such circumstances, but also like how we can adopt crypto for different tasks. Got it. Thank you. Yeah, that's why smartphone to begin with, because all the crypto is on through smartphones, most of it. So that's why. Um, so um, before i before i i want to i want to thank you very much for your time today i know you have limited time and um i want to ask a couple, two last questions one for one is um any last messages to the people before i could before i um before we finish up um anything you'd like to say that we haven't covered yeah um well i would like to thank the whole world that's standing with us especially the western world i know how uk is helping us and standing with us you 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 can't understand how inspiring this is for us. And with or without this support, we were not able to uh, hold up such a long time. And I think with this support, we can win. And a lot of people believe in Ukraine that we're going to win this war. Um, so we so much appreciate um, your support, support of your country, and support of other countries in the Western world. And we want to be part of this Western world. We think we deserve the place to to live uh, independently, free in a democratic world. Awesome. And um, so I really enjoyed speaking with you. Thank you very much for your time today. Um, one of my final questions is, how can people find out more information about you, about the uh, ministry department? Um, how, how can they do that? Um, we have a website called the digital.gov.ua. So we uh, post all the things, all the news there. If it's specifically um, about uh, ministry, um, if uh, if you want to know about all of our initiative, just follow Mikhail Fedorov at Twitter uh, or me as Alex Bordenkov at Twitter. So we we right now we're pretty active and and trying to spread the word. So we'll be happy to share this with with anyone. Excellent. Thank you very much for your time today. Thank you too. Bye. Take care.